0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. Yes, after a brief hiatus, okay, a lengthy hiatus, the John Clay Podcast is back, and we are back with a UK basketball recruiting podcast from my friend and colleague Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. Ben recently attended the Nike EBYL uh, event at Louisville uh, last weekend, and DJ Wagner was there. A lot of other UK targets were there uh, playing in the event, and I talked to Ben about DJ, about how he looked – about how the recruiting battle is going between Kentucky and Louisville. We also talked about uh, some, a possible com- U.K. commitment that could be coming up in the next week or so. And we talked about the other targets on U.K.'s board. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. My conversation with Ben Roberts of The Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest on the podcast is Ben Roberts, UK basketball recruiting writer extraordinaire for the Herald Leader. Ben, how's your early summer going so far?
0: Uh, it's it's been been going well, uh, it was it's, it was nice to have uh, a Nike UI bill stop about an hour away, as opposed to having to drive, you know, to Virginia or to Georgia, or you know, wherever.
1: Well, that's why we have you on the podcast because we want to talk about what happened in Louisville. Uh, last weekend and catch everybody up on the recruiting news uh, what uh, how was it in Louisville uh, I mean a big I mean was it similar to the other uh, EBYL uh, events that you have attended or was it or was this one different I mean what uh, how was it up there
0: I really I thought this was one of you know I've. I've I, who knows how many I've been to but I've been I've been to quite a few in quite a few different venues over over the past decade or so and this, is, this was one of the better setups. I've been to the Kentucky Exposition Center before for things like these. Nike had never been there. But there, there have been um, more local tournaments uh, and, and some, uh, some regional stuff out there. So it, it's just this huge expanse of open space um, there at the fairgrounds. And they just lay you know a bunch of courts down right, right across that whole space. And a lot of the UIBL the stops I've been to in the past, including the one that was in Lexington a few years ago, there are just so many players and coaches and, and just fans who are interested in coming out to see it, um, that it gets really cramped and crowded. And, and oftentimes, you know, sometimes even the players can't get, uh, you know, it's hard for them to, to move through uh, whatever venue they're having it at. And, and, this Louisville setup, I thought, was just great because there was plenty. Of, you know, if you were, if you if the if you were on one court and there was a kid you wanted to see on the complete other end of the the building, you could get over there really quick. Um, it it made for the DJ Wagner Bronny James game, which I'm sure we'll talk about. There there was a lot of room for people to to stand and and a lot of bleachers to watch uh, that. that with one or two exceptions, you just don't really get at any of these other Nike venues. So, you know, my hope from a from my perspective, it went great, and it, it, I hope they come <laughs> back because it was such a great setup. You never know on their end how it was for hotels and parking, and you know they have a lot of other stuff they have to to worry about and, and see if it if it goes well or not. But you know, from a from a fan and media perspective, and and it seemed like the players and parents I talked to too, it it, it was a great great setup.
1: Obviously, DJ Wagner, I guess, was probably the main attraction as far as Kentucky, and obviously Louisville was concerned. Uh, what did he look like to you? How did he play?
0: Yeah, I mean, DJ has been the number one recruit. Um, they didn't really have national rankings when he was in the eighth grade, but if they would have, he would have been number one, and and ever since then, uh, or really up until the last few weeks, he's been number one. Now he he has uh, he, he did slide behind GG Jackson, who's committed to North Carolina. I'm here more recently. Um, but DJ is still number two on a lot of those lists, uh, including the 24, seven rankings that came out last week and the people you talk to, even that have dropped him in those rankings have said like this kid, you know, just cause we dropped him doesn't mean he's not going to be number one. And once all this is said and done and, and he looked over the weekend, at least when I was watching him, like a, a kid who very well could get that number one spot back, um, just, a just a dynamic, dynamic guard with the ball in his hands. He's not, you know, I I don't like the term true point guard because I don't really know what it means in 2022 with, right. with so many with so many talented point guards who play such different styles, especially in the NBA. But he's not that, you know, top notch facilitator yet. He can do that, especially in transition. He's just unstoppable. Once he once he gets in the half court, um, things get a can get a little more dicey for him, but you know other than i mean he's a he's a great scoring guard he's great at penetrating he's really good at just kind of using his body to, to get around defenders and in, in tight spaces um and and really get to the rim and finish at the rim that's something that you see also with a lot of younger point guards and dj just turned 17 last month so he's, he's pretty young even for his his class is they um is they you know they can get to the rim, but especially against bigger competition, sometimes they can't finish. Whether it's because they're they're not as strong yet, or they just don't know how to finish at different angles. But but DJ can do all of that right now. So he in just an absolute flash in, in the open court. Um, he gets the ball in transition either through a steal or you know outlet pass something like that. Um, he, he he's basically unstoppable. Even if he got two or three defenders back, he's he's gonna find a way to get to the basket. So. Uh, just, I, I was really impressed. Also, showed off some some really nice outside shooting. Um, you know, some NBA range three shot shot it selective with a shot. He's not out there taking seven or eight threes a game, but really smart and selective about when he does. And and um, it's usually a, it, or it was always when I was watching a, a a good shot when he shot from range. So just a just an impressive player and kind of what you expect uh, to see when when a kid's ranked number one or two in the country.
1: Uh, before we get to the recruiting implications, what you mentioned about the game with Bronny, what what did that look like?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of uh, in the past. There's there's always one or two games. I feel like every year that's that that's just that AAU basketball environment that that has everybody tweeting and, and talking. And this was this was it. Uh, it was the Saturday night game. It was it was a, I think like a nine o'clock tip off. So it was the last game of the night. And it was D.J. Wagner on one side, Bronny James on the other. Um, a lot of rumors that LeBron was going to show up, which he has for a lot of Bronny's games in the past. He, he wasn't there for this one, or at least if he was, he was he was hiding somehow. And I don't know how that's possible for LeBron James, <laughs> so I assume he wasn't there. But uh, so the game before that, it was actually Ron Holland and, and Kwame Evans Jr., who were two of the top ten players in the senior class. So I was already – I figured I'd go and, and watch them um, – and get a good seat and just kind of hold it for, for Wagner versus Bronny. And it, it was funny. You're watching the game, but in the breaks in the game, you're kind of watching out watching what's going on around the court. And, uh, I mean, people were showing up two hours early before the scheduled tip-off to, to see if they could get a seat. And then when all the yeah. seats were gone, they were taking – chairs from other courts and carrying them over so they could basically set up their own seats and and try to get a spot. And then by the, I mean, even by, by ups of, of, of DJ and Bronny's game, it was 10 or 12 deep in the standing room only sections of people just trying to get a glimpse at it. And and then obviously by tip off, it, it was, you know, you could see from where I was the whole rest of the the facility with with 10 or 12 other courts and I think it's pretty safe to say that that more than half the people in the entire building were at this one court while there was action going on 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 10 or 11 other ones so it, yeah it was just one of those scenes that that we see every every once in a while that that um people who like AAU basketball kind of they, they like to see stuff like that
1: how good is Bronny
0: in your estimation um yeah i mean he's they have him ranked most people have him ranked around the forty ish, fifty ish range in that, that class. Uh, I mean LeBron James Kid, you're you know, it, it's right. it's gonna be unfair no matter no matter what you say about him or what, what you expect from him. He he's very I mean, he's a smooth, smooth player. He's not you know, LeBron when he was in even in high school, he kind of had that frame where he just looked different from other other high school basketball players. Um, and that's setting aside the way he played, which was obviously unbelievable. Uh, but so Bronny's not, you know, Bronny's not that big. He's not that strong, uh, not not that tall. He's probably, I'd say he's 6'2", six, six six or so. Uh, but does, I mean, obviously has that natural ability, moves very well, very engaged uh, defensively. Um as, as a perimeter defender and also in transition, it was funny because, you know, LeBron's kind of those uh, those get back blocks, uh, you know, where he chases somebody down in transition and, and blocks it from behind. Bronny did that a couple of times on on some really, really good players. Really? Um, so he, he's good at that. He moves really well. Um, he's his outside shots coming along. He didn't play that well that night offensively, um, did not shoot the ball very well. Bud does like to – he gets he gets teammates involved. He likes to get teammates involved. If he's going to play basketball for a long period of time, I think it's going to have to be a, as a point guard just because of his size, and, and he does have some natural instincts for that position. But, you know, still a player who is, is, is still putting it all together. I mean, I think you – if he's not LeBron James' kid and his name is Bronny Smith, I think you're looking at a, a kid who's – a four-year college player probably who by the end of that four years could be really, really good, but isn't going to be on anybody's radar is, is, you know, like a one and done or a lottery pick or anything like that.
1: Right. Right. Uh, okay. Back to Wagner, back to Wagner, obviously, uh, some news here lately or in the last couple of weeks where, uh, Louisville Kenny Payne, uh, hired, uh, Milt Wagner, DJ's grandfather uh, for the Louisville staff and an off-the-court role. Uh, and, of course, Kentucky very much involved with DJ, and obviously uh, his dad played for Cal Perry uh, when Milt Wagner worked for Cal Perry at Memphis. Uh, but anyway, the hiring of Milt is a lot of people are saying, okay, well, that means Louisville's going to get him. Uh, Kentucky is definitely playing second fiddle. What's your feelings uh, on that right now, or is it is it too soon to tell? <sighs>
0: You know, I, I think it might be it might be too soon to tell. I there's a lot of people around Kentucky's program who think either that they still have a really good shot at DJ or that that they actually lead for DJ. I, really? There's people over there who think that DJ Wagner is coming to Kentucky to play basketball um, for that 23-24 season, and they truly believe that. Uh, now you talk to pretty much everybody outside of Fayette County, and they <laughs> they think it it, it, either. Either Louisville is the favorite, or it's a done deal for Louisville. And I don't think it. I don't think it's a done deal just yet. Um, but it it might be trending in that direction. The, the whole Mill Wagner hire. While that obviously got a ton of headlines, we wrote about it um, last week. That's been expected even before Kenny was was hired as the head coach officially. I was being told that Mill Wagner was going to be coming on. Um, as as part of that staff. I mean, your uh, well, yeah, well, I we 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 kind of it was trending toward Kenny and and right. uh, and 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 Milt was Milt was definitely going to be part of that at some point. Uh So that's not not really new in recruiting circles, and a, and a lot of people had kind of made Louisville predictions even going back a month ago based off that information. Um.
1: And we you should know, point out, for people who don't know, Kenny and Milt played together at Louisville. They were both on that '86 national championship team, so it wasn't like, uh, you know, he pulled, you know, obviously Milt has strong Louisville connections having played there, but he has even stronger ones with Kenny because they were both there at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I don't, I, you know, I, Kentucky fans obviously do not like the way the situation has gone. Um, on one end, Kyle Perry did the exact same thing with Milt 20 years ago and did you know, did not have that tie Two, I I don't know that Milt wouldn't be part of this staff if, you know, if DJ Wagner wasn't a a top one, you know, let alone the number one recruit in the, this class. Yeah. Because those, those ties, I mean, as Kenny said the other day, his first meal on campus at Louisville was with Milt Wagner and his family. And that's, that's a relationship that didn't stop when Milt Wagner left Louisville. I mean, they, they've been, they've remained close and remained in contact for the, what is it? Thirty-five years since, uh, since since that that maybe even longer than that. Um, so yeah, so this is a situation. It's it's not just one of these you know recruiting cynical hires that to get a kid. I mean, there's this is a lot deeper, a lot lot deeper than that. Um, and we saw part of that, which I'm sure we'll talk about it, it. That scene at the first game on Saturday. But yeah, as far as the Kentucky versus Louisville aspect of it. I would say Louisville is the favorite. A lot of people who I trust um, outside of UK circles uh, think that it's going to ultimately be Louisville. But a lot of those same people will also tell you that they wouldn't necessarily be surprised if Kentucky was able to get him. And, and I do think uh, the family is conflicted. Obviously, Dewan Wagner uh, was really Calipari's first major recruit at Memphis, um, kind of started the whole one-and-done thing for him and the people who know the circumstances around that and Dewan maybe waffling about going in the draft and Cal you know the story you know the story about tearing up the scholarship and saying no you got to go and then Dewan having those health issues and you know he said in the past like if Cal hadn't done that and I'd come back to Memphis I I wouldn't have had that opportunity because because this was something that was going to happen and and uh, I would have made a lot less money and 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 not been in that situation so i know he he still really appreciates that and um and they've always held calipari in in high regard um you know partly because of that so there's a lot of layers to this thing i i know and and at the middle of it is a kid who just turned 17 years old about three weeks ago and and now has a he's going to disappoint somebody greatly um that he's known for basically his entire life so it's it's a tough situation for the kid um and really not an ideal situation for anybody involved especially when it's now john calipari and kenny Payne also at the center of this thing who who obviously have their own uh, relationship and, and and long history
1: and you mentioned it and and from everything i read from uh, uh you guys up there covering it and saw louisville head of a- U of L former U of L players had a strong presence there, over the weekend. Yeah. Right at the at the event in Louisville.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. It, un, strong is an understatement, probably, <laughs> with the, the, the star power that they. I mean, it, it was really something else that first game that the DJ played. Purvis Ellison, for those who don't know, is the program director for DJ Wagner's uh, AAU team. So obviously, he was there. Milt, even though he's. Connected to the Louisville basketball staff officially now was able to go uh, because DJ's his grandson, so he you know he had to leave after DJ's game was over, had to leave the gym, couldn't watch any other games, but he's allowed to to watch his grandson play. So Milt was there, Daryl Griffith was there, right so right behind the bench talking to those guys. Uh, three or four current Louisville players were there, and I I don't really want to leave anybody out, but there were at least a dozen other I would say former. Uh, Louisville basketball players, um, really across all, you know, from eighties, nineties, more recently, uh, really across all eras, who who came out to to watch DJ play and and obviously uh, uh, show support um, and and show you know show DJ how much he was wanted. So then it was funny after that first that first game just a a huge media contingent was hoping to talk to DJ uh, by, you know, by a basketball standard, you know, it was 20 or 25, I would say, recruiting reporters, national reporters, local newspapers. Um, And they didn't do interviews. They didn't do interviews all weekend. Uh, But that first one, this long line of people kind of followed DJ, kind of snaked around through the exposition center out to the parking lot. And there were just, I mean, Louisville fans flanking him. He'd stop every 20, 30 feet or so and pose for a picture. Um, and then once he got outside, Daryl Griffith was out there waiting for him. And, and they had a had a little chat with, with Purvis Ellison with, with all these Louisville fans and, and some reporters around him and, and then got on the bus and left. But it was, you know, it, it was I hadn't. Ever seen anything like that in an AAU basketball environment? That that really? um, a program. I mean, obviously the circumstances. You know, they were they were and the, shared the same parking lot with Freedom Hall. They were in Louisville, so it it was convenient for those guys to get over there. But but still, it, it was it was a pretty striking scene. And I know Kentucky fans who who saw that on Twitter message boards or whatever were. We're not not pleased with the uh, the development that that uh the, the the turn it took over the weekend there. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, I know. I, I sort of I sort of could sense that as well. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about the other. We're going to talk about non DJ Wagner players, but we're going to do so right after this break. Okay, back with Ben Roberts, UK basketball recruiting writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com uh ben we've, we've we've discussed uh dj wagner uh, extensively let's talk about the other guys uh uh let well let's start with let's start with robert dillingham just from the standpoint that we think he's going to commit here fairly soon when, when do you think that that might happen
0: yeah he's he's put a he's put a date out for late june um i he was another one that, that a lot of people wanted to talk to because there was a lot of buzz around him that kentucky might have Jumped to the top of his list and might even be close to a commitment. And, uh, he basically told everybody that he wasn't doing, he did end up doing interviews a little later in the weekend, but that, that first day he didn't want to do interviews. And I went back and talked to him, um, kind of on the side. And he basically said like, I just don't want to talk right now. It sounded like he didn't want to say anything disingenuous about his recruitment. Um, cause he knew an announcement was coming out. And then later that day he set out the announcement date, uh, for late June. Um, and just the whole vibe throughout the, throughout the whole thing was that he, he will end up ultimately picking Kentucky. At least that's what it's looking like right now that that Kentucky is, uh, is, is looking like the pick. Um, and you know, we talked linked about DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham is also a top 10 overall recruit in that class. And one of the best guards in the class. And a lot of people would tell you that from a scoring perspective, he's might be better than dj wagner uh, some would definitely tell you he's better than dj wagner uh and you know a player who is going to be ranked right around the same area so if, if kentucky were to miss out on dj and dj goes to louisville it's not like they're taking a, a huge step back by by getting rob dillingham in the mix um just a guy who I mean, just an electric scorer. There's no other way to say it. Just, you know, one of those players who has this rare gift for for scoring from all three levels. And, and you know, you go if you know you're going to see one of the top scorers in the, in the country and then you go over and you don't know what he looks like or what his number is or anything. And you go watch his the the court that his game is on. You're going to you're going to figure out pretty quickly which one is Robert Dillingham just by just by watching a couple minutes of basketball. Um, and and I don't, you know, Kentucky really hasn't had a guy. Kyle's had a lot of guys like that since he's been here. But I don't feel like they've had somebody quite like him uh, in a few years. Uh, just that guy that you know that you can give the basketball to, especially in late-game situations, if you just need a bucket here or there and, and tell him to go get one. Um, he, he's that type of player. Uh, so if they... If they do land him, which I think they will, they already have Reed Shepard in the mix for that 2023 class. So that's a really, really good foundation of two college-ready basketball players in that backcourt that could really play off each other very, very well and complement each other's skill sets. And then they could still add DJ Wagner just because they they get robbed later this month if it happens. That doesn't, you know, they still want DJ Wagner. Uh, And I think all three of those players could play at the same time together. If that's the kind of that was my question.
1: Can especially with Dillingham and Wagner, can they play uh, together? Do they complement each other?
0: They can, and they're all. I mean, I, I think anybody who's watched all three of those guys play, if if you if you like to use that combo guard classification, they're all combo guards. There's not, you know, there's not. None of the three of them are that pure, pure point guard like like people like to think point guards are. Um, but all three have some level of those skills. And if you put all three of them in the backcourt at the same time, uh, you're going to have a lot of action away from the basket, and you're going to really discombobulate some defenses and and force some guys to make, and force some coaches to make some decisions on how they want to defend that. Uh, and that's going to lead to a lot of open opportunities and a lot of space for other people. So, yeah, that I mean, that would be that would really be something interesting to watch if they were able to to somehow get DJ um, Rob and Reed all on the same team. I, I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. I think it's possible. Uh, but even with with Rob and Reed, uh, that that would be very fun to watch. And and I know Calipari would also like to add another dynamic guard. In that class, um, obviously there is still the transfer portal, uh, other opportunities, but um, it's looking like that twenty twenty three twenty four team could be one of those teams where, where Cal could play three guards and, and would want to play three guards at a time, uh, and especially a couple guys, two or three guys who, who who have point guard skills.
1: Okay, let's let's shift gears to a big guy. Let's uh, let's talk about Aaron Bradshaw, seven foot center, out of Camden. What what are your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, he's actually a same AAU program and same high school as DJ Wagner. Uh, he was, you know, relative to ranking and expectation and all that. I, I thought he was the most impressive player that I watched over the weekend. Um, I, I always like to, yeah, I always like to watch those, those, you know, seven at that age, the the seven footers very rarely are are you know are they are they super refined they're still kind of working on their game you know you know learning their bodies as it relates to basketball and Aaron is a player who didn't play at all his freshman year played like five or six games i think his sophomore year due to covid so that his junior year this past season was really his first full year of high school basketball has only played about 30 or so high school basketball games in his life and to my eye was was miles ahead of where a lot of kind of the the skinny seven footers that we've seen in the past ten years or so uh, have been at this stage in their development, which which tells me that he's just you know on the, on a trajectory where he could be playing basketball for a very very long time. I, he's also you know he's also one of those guys that I don't know. He's not, I don't think he's going to be Anthony Davis in college. Um, I, I think it's going to take a few years for him to fully realize that, but. From what we saw over the weekend, I think he's, he's going to make a major, major impact in college. He's, he's Now they've had three sessions, I think, of, of EYBL. He's been named the defensive MVP of two of them, including last weekend. Just really quick twitch with with block shots, with deflections, um, kind of knows when to go after a shot, knows when, when to kind of reach in and, and try to take a swipe at a steal. And then offensively, he's comfortable going back 15, 18 feet and putting up a jump shot. Uh, which is, you know, you, you're not going to block that, <laughs> you know, seven footer taking a 16 footer. You're, you're not, you're not going to block that shot and he, he can finish around the basket, really, really soft hands. And that's something that we don't see at this age, a guy who's comfortable streaking toward the basket, catching the ball and finishing. Um, you know, that's a lot for, uh, for a, a seven footer, especially one who hasn't played a ton and he does it, he does it really well. So just really comfortable with the basketball and really comfortable as a, as a defender and smart as a defender. And, and he's got Purvis Ellison, um, you know, in, in his corner, kind of, kind of teaching him the ropes. And, uh, I, I, that's, that's pretty, it's <laughs> pretty good. Right. If you're a big man to, to be, uh, mentored by, by Purvis Ellison, if, if you're that type of player. So, um, another year of high school ahead of him, another summer of AAU basketball. And, and I'll be really interested to see by the time he gets to college, kind of what his game looks like. Cause I, I, He's ranked around 20 right now. I I think he's under underrated, especially given the potential he has. And just talking to some of the people I trust most nationally in recruiting kind of off to the side, uh, they were some some eyebrows were raised and and people really have some high expectations for him down the road.
1: What does his recruitment look like right now? I mean, where does Kentucky stand uh, and who would be the competitors for him? Uh, or is it too early to tell?
0: No, I, I think it might end up being another Kentucky Louisville deal. Um, you know, he's, as, as I said, he's got he's in that same program. He's got Purvis in his corner. Right. A lot, um, a lot of
1: Camden connections to Louisville.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of Camden connections to Louisville. Uh, obviously, you know, plays with DJ on on both high school and AAU. But it's not, from what I've been told, and we're still trying to figure this out completely and i'm sure they are too but from what i've been told it's not you know it's not any sort of like package deal Mm -hmm. their recruitments aren't necessarily intertwined um but i was told this week kind of coming off the weekend that uh louisville is looking like they they might have a real shot at them but kentucky i think a lot of people think might or should, should maybe be classified as the favorite right now um i know that he got a kentucky offer in april uh, Cal and, and, and the, the UK coaching staff have seen him a lot at this point because they've been re- recruiting DJ so closely. Uh, and coming off the high school season and then coming off that first session of EYBL play, they were ready to pull the trigger on an offer without bringing him to campus, which has been pretty rare um, over the last few years with, with Calipari. So they really like him. They want him in the class. And I know that scholarship offer, Really meant a lot to uh, to Aaron Bradshaw, so um, I, I think Kentucky Louisville it, it might come down to that. There is the pro option with him too. The G League is on his list. Um, you know, it, it's always interesting to see how that goes. But with NIL, I, I, you know, I I think we're going to see less of la- less of that with 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 a lot of these top recruits.
1: Okay, what about uh, some other targets that Kentucky and you've written about? Uh, lately, uh, especially here in the last few days, anybody in particular that uh, you think is like next on the list of s- somebody that the fans should look for that might something might happen with him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's a few guys that, well, there's several guys that Kentucky has offered and they would really like to have in this class: Mattis Guzelis, Ron Holland, Justin Edwards would would probably be the main three, um, other than the guys we've already talked about. Uh I can't really say that I think Kentucky's the favorite for any of those guys. Uh Mattis Buzelis, Calipari's never had a player, at least at Kentucky like him, that I can think of. Just a, a six nine, six ten, true perimeter player who really likes to get other people involved, can shoot the ball, can can really do a lot with his length. Um and and he's he's the type of player who I think on a is is a is a key player on a final four team and doesn't need to go score 15, 20 points a game to do that. Just to, just can impact the game in so many ways. Um, and another one who I, I think if things go the right way, could be playing in the NBA for, for 12 or 15 years. Um, but I was told over, or actually the, just the last couple of days that the G league, or at least the pro route might be the favorite at this point for him. Um, past that, I think Kentucky, North Carolina, probably the the two top colleges on his list ron holland is another one who there have long been uh pro rumors around him um the big 12 schools he's from texas the big 12 schools will be involved but kentucky's also really high on his college list and then justin edwards um it sounds like it sounds like kentucky and tennessee might be the two to beat for him tennessee i think is kind of pitching on hey you come here and, and you're the guy you're we're we're building things around you whereas at kentucky um he i'm sure he'd be a starter and i'm sure he'd be a a really featured player but uh we've seen in the past calipari doesn't doesn't really do that certainly doesn't make those promises or or even plans to, to build around a certain player um but i think would be another really good complimentary piece that that um could could uh could could really be a big player on a on a Final Four type team. So I, I think with him, it's just kind of a matter of which which route does he want to take. Uh, so yeah, those those, those three, um, I think they love they they'd love to get all three. I I think <laughs> they they they'd be lucky to get one or two of those guys. Um, and then and then we're gonna have to see beyond that. Kwame Evans Jr. has a Kentucky offer. He seems to be trending in other directions. They have their eyes on some guys from. Other guys from Nike, some guys from Adidas, but past that kind of top tier, um, it's it's kind of unclear uh, where exactly this this class is headed.
1: What about? I mean, this is uh, basically, I guess, well, I guess, the, like the second year, uh, but maybe the first full year that you've had of Orlando Antigua coming back, uh, Chin Coleman. Um, who came with Orlando from Illinois uh, last year before last season? It's Cal's assistant. You've had a change now with Jay Lucas going to Duke. Uh, Cal just hired a new uh, guy uh, to take his place uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, what, what, and I in KT Turner? Obviously, it's early. You know, uh, he's I am not even sure he's here yet. But what? How do you feel like that the class is shaping up overall? And do you see a difference? And the way they're recruiting now from where they were before Orlando and Chin came on board.
0: Yeah, I think I do see, and I think, I think we saw this last year too. I I think a few years ago, they kind of got away from when Cal first got here, he was in basically on every top 10 player, unless there was a red flag with that player, or he knew for certain he was not going to get that player. Um, and then they kind of started to get away from that, which I think was smart because uh, they got burnt by a few a few kids who were ba- you know wanted that hat on the table, wanted to go visit Kentucky to visit Kentucky, but knew they were probably going to Duke or somewhere else. Um, and I think they were a little bit more selective over who they were going to target there, and that led to getting guys like Tyler Hero and Shea Gilgis Alexander and some lesser ranked kids, Devin Booker, who. Um, you know, weren't in that top 10, but they knew could identify really wanted to play for Kentucky. Hey, if we jump in on this kid, we're definitely going to be in his top two or three. And we're definitely going to have a, a realistic shot to get him. And, um, that worked out well to a point, And then they kind of got in a situation where Cal wasn't getting the top, wasn't getting any top 10 players, wasn't right. getting any top five players. And we kind of saw that the way he was structuring his rosters, you needed an Anthony Davis and a Michael Kidd Gilchrist and, and a De'Aaron Favre. You needed those type of players to have a real shot at a Final Four in a national championship. Um, and especially when Orlando got back and Chen came, I think they kind of pivoted back to we are going to, as 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 hard as we can, try to get these top 10 kids again and try to get multiple top 10 kids in a class And it looked like they had done that last year with Kaysen Wallace and Shaden Sharp and Chris Livingston. Uh, And then what happened with Shaden happened with Shaden. Uh, Chris's stock has has fallen, you know, a little since then. I I think he still could be one of the top five players in the class, Uh, but his stock has fallen. Um, So now, you know, Kaysen is is really the um, really only unanimous top ten recruit in that in that class they got coming in. But they're doing it again. They're going after DJ Wagner. They're going after Rob Dillingham, Mattis Guzellis, Ron Holland, Justin Edwards, Kwame Evans. These are all top 10 guys. They've basically offered the entire top 10 of the class. uh, And now we have to see do they get them? Um, And and I think that's going to be kind of telling on whether that's the right strategy. You know, every class is different. Every kid is different. But is that going to be the right strategy again is, is trying to go after all of these guys at once and, and seeing who you get, because you know, if you get burned on all those guys and you or even if you only get one or two, by the time you need some other players, there might not be what you need. And you don't have those relationships with the guys who are ranked 20th or 25th or 30th. And it's, you know, it's not going to be every season that a tie Ty Washington is going to fall in your lap due to outside circumstances in April and it's not going to be every season that you're going to get an Oscar Shibwe in the transfer portal. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I really think what happens over these next, and I think we'll know in the next six months or so, um, whether that recruiting is back, so to speak, and, and whether Kentucky can be that juggernaut that, that lands three or even four top 10 kids in the class. Um, you know, right now, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know they're going to do it. Still up in the air. Yeah, yeah
1: very much so. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch. That's for sure. And for people who are listening, uh, we we will uh, Ben and I will get together next week, and we're going to talk about the uh, uh, the roster for this upcoming season. Now that we know about uh, Jacob Toppin and and Shaden Sharp, uh, and we'll, but we'll we'll wait till next week to go more in depth on that. Uh, ben, what? The, uh, what have you got coming up, or what uh, have you done lately that you want to make sure that the listeners uh, are uh, can find on Kentucky.com and should look for?
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll keep rolling stories out. From uh, we have stories on Mattis Buzelis and, and uh, Cam Drummond, and another report the Herald Leader. Uh, our colleague was was also out there over the weekend. He has something up on Justin Edwards right now. And we'll have stories later this week into next week, especially looking at some 2024 kids, some really interesting uh, rising juniors in that class that we'll take a closer look at. Um, and yeah, we'll you know we'll see if the roster is set. We, KT Turner, I assume, is going to be introduced uh, officially as as the, as a new staff member here over the next little bit. Um, and then you know it's it's that time of year. There's going to be more recruiting. There's coaches are going to be out in June. They they're allowed to watch kids with their high school teams. And then July is kind of the big one where you've got uh, another EYBL session. And then uh, after that, peach jam and Adidas championships and uh, stuff in Florida and Vegas and, and all over the place. So that's, um, there's there going to be a lot of, a lot of AU basketball and some visits, you know, uh, Aaron Bradshaw said that he's planning to visit Kentucky here soon. Uh, Ron Holland is going to be on campus here in the next couple weeks. And that's uh, that's usually kind of when you get a little bit more or a little a little bit better intel in on which way some of these kids might be leaning. Um, so, yeah, they're, Kentucky basketball, as they say, never stops, and we're kind of at that <laughs> moment in the recruiting calendar where it, it's certainly not going to stop, uh, at least until till August or so. And Ben Roberts doesn't
1: stop either; he'll be all over it. <laughs> Uh, for the rest of the summer and beyond uh, on uh, UK basketball recruiting. And as I said, uh, uh, we'll get together next week and go more in-depth about the roster for the upcoming season. Be sure to follow Ben on Twitter at BenRobertsHL. Be sure and check out his Next Catch UK recruiting blog. Always great information on there, as well as links that uh, Ben posts on a regular basis. So be sure and check that out as well. As always, thanks, Ben, for being on the podcast.
0: Yep, thanks a lot, John.
1: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay podcast. My thanks as always to Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. As I mentioned, follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. Be sure and check out his next Cats UK recruiting blog and all of his work on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Send me an email, Clay at herald leader.com. Uh, be happy with all your feedback about the podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Give us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That just helps spread the word and get the word out about the John Clay Podcast. I promise we'll have more podcasts this summer. Uh, we won't take as long a break as we did since the end of basketball to the one with Ben today. As I mentioned uh, on this particular podcast, as I mentioned, uh, uh, we'll get together with Ben next week and we'll go uh, do a deep dive on the uk basketball roster heading into next season and we've uh, we've got some other podcasts planned as well that we'll be doing this summer so again thanks everybody for listening thanks to ben roberts for being a guest on the podcast and we'll be talking to you again soon